You can be seated this morning. I want to welcome everyone here this morning. Got a good looking bunch this morning. Amen. Yes. If you didn't say amen, you got a you missed a chance to brag on yourself. Hallelujah. Pastor Kent is is at our uh, Carthage campus this morning, so uh, he's he's not a wall, but he is he is at our our uh, Carthage campus this morning. Glory to God. We're going to continue in in our uh, series that we started about four weeks ago. Uh, this is the fifth in a in a seven part series about the things that that took place at the cross, and uh, this morning we're going to be talking about distressed. We can choose to be distressed or we can choose to be blessed. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus this morning. I just praise you and I thank you, Father, for your presence here, for your anointing that's here. Father, I thank you that you've anointed me to to teach your word, to minister your word this morning. Father, that everything that, that proceeds out of my mouth is what, what you once said this morning. I thank you, Father, that we have come here ready to receive with hearing ears and an open heart. And Father, we will not leave here like we came this morning, but we'll be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles up to chapter uh, 19 of John this morning. Uh, the, first, the first week we talked about forgiveness. The second week we talked about salvation and, and Parker brought that message and did an awesome job. Uh, the third week was relationship. Last week Pastor Ken talked about abandonment. And this morning we're going we're to look at distress. You know, distress is the state of being under extreme anxiety, is what distress means. Extreme sorrow, extreme pain, it's, it's the state of being in great trouble, not having a way, way to go. In John chapter 19, verse 25... It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, the disciple whom he loved, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, and that disciple was John, you know, the the author of the book that we're, we're reading here. He said to his mother, woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, which was John again, here is your mother. And from that time on, his disciple, this disciple took her into his home. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with the message this morning, but but it was always interesting to me that sometimes, you know, we think, you know, you know, where did the disciples go to bed at at night? You know, when the day was over, you know, did they go sleep under an olive tree somewhere or, or did they go in the back alley? 
and, and camp out. Well, here we, we find that, that, that John had a home because that's where he took Mary. You know, sometimes we just don't, you know, that's the way my mind works. You know, I, I thought, well, you know, John had a house here. You know, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't destitute. He wasn't out on the street begging somewhere, but he had a home. Okay, I won't charge you any extra for that, that wisdom there this morning. In, in verse 28, it says, and, and later, knowing that everything now had been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. What was it that had just been finished? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. What was he talking about when he said, now that, that it's all finished, you know, I thirst. What was he talking about? Let, let's look in, in Psalms chapter 69. This morning. And Psalm 69 is, is, is a psalm of David. And, and David is going through a really rough time here. But, we're, and we're going to start with, with uh, verse 16. But this is, it kind of, this gives us a picture of not only what was going on in David's life at the time, but this was a picture of what Jesus was enduring on the cross. Okay? Verse 16, it says, Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. Remember back in, in the New Testament there where we have an account of, of everything that took place on the cross. And, and Jesus, you know, said to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You remember, you remember him saying that? Well, here David is saying the same thing. You know, why have, why have you forsaken me? You know, where is your goodness of your love and where is your mercy? Verse 17, it says, Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me from my foes. You know how I am scorned, disgraced, and ashamed. You know, this is a picture of, of what took place on the cross and before Jesus got to the cross. Of all the, all the punishment and the beating and, and the, you know, the cat of nine tails. If you go back and look, it says that the cat of nine tails literally filleted his back. Just like taking a fillet knife and, and filleting a fish. You know, that, that's, that's the picture that we get when Jesus was on the cross and when he went through the punishment and the shame and the scorn and the abuse that, that he took for you and me. Verse 19, you know how I am scorned, disgraced, and ashamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. 
I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. And then in verse 21, it says, They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. Which is what we read in in John chapter 19, verse 28, when he said, I am thirsty. Jesus paid the price and he made the way of escape for every one of us. When he said everything is finished, what he was saying there that he perceived, that he was sure, and that he understood that our redemption was made complete. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He didn't miss a he didn't miss a thing. Did not miss a thing. Everything that that he endured was necessary for our redemption. Have we ever found our, ourselves in, in the place of, of being in distress? You know, if nobody else is going to raise their hand, I'll, I'll raise my hand because I've been there and, and done that. And, and, you know, it didn't feel good. You know, it didn't feel good. You know, I've been in a place of extreme anxiety, you know, in a, in a place of extreme sorrow and pain. And, and, you know, I've been in a place where I was in great trouble. But I want to tell you this morning that Jesus has delivered us out of them all. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I want to look at another verse of scripture in turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. It's on about page 4 of your Bible, right over there in the front. Glory to God. You know, this is the account when when Adam and Eve have, have fallen. You know, they ate of the fruit you know, that they shouldn't have. And in verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the, in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? He answered, I have heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. You know, it, the, the distress caused by the sin that that taken place in, in the garden caused Adam and Eve to hide amongst the trees in the garden. You know, I've read that many times. But I've never, I never seen that they hid among the trees in the garden. You know, I just knew that they hid out somewhere. You know, the trees, you know, just kind of escaped me, and they were afraid. You know, the question this morning that I have for you is: is which tree are you hiding behind this morning? You know, what what is the tree that that we're hiding behind this morning? Is is it the the fear of, of unforgiveness, 
You know, is it the fear that, that there is no way that, that God could save me, that there is no salvation for me? Is it the fear of, of lack of relationship with, with, with our Father God? Or is it the, the tree of fear of just being abandoned, that nobody cares? You know, these are all things that we've talked about in the last four weeks. You know, we talked about forgiveness and we talked about salvation, relationship, and, and being abandoned. Well, let's, let's look at that this morning. You know, in times of distress, and, and we've all been there, we, we need to examine ourselves. We need to see where we're at, and, and we need to examine ourselves. Look, look in James chapter 1. You know, for a long time, I didn't understand what in the world was, was being talked about here in James chapter 1. In verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who has listened to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. So we, what we've got is, is a picture of us looking in, in a mirror of the Word of God, hearing what the Word of God says, but then refusing to do what the Word of God says. Has anybody ever done that? Many times. You know, I, I can remember as a young man, you know, grow, I was a teenager, you know, the first time I heard the plan of salvation, you know, I didn't do anything with it. Didn't do anything with it. So as a result, that word didn't benefit me. You know, and, and Joel, I didn't do anything with it the second time I heard it. Or the third time. Or the fourth time. Or the fifth time. You know, I can't tell you how many times that I heard the, the, the plan of salvation before I really heard it and, and listened to it and put it into action. You know, that, that works for every area in the Word of God, not only salvation. But we have to put the Word of God to work in our lives before it it works in our lives. Okay? Verse 25 says, But whoever looks intently... What do you think that word intently means? Seriously. Gives it some thought. Meditates on it. But whosoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues therein. In other words, it's not, it's not something we hear today and forget tomorrow. Not forgetting what they have heard, but do it. They will be blessed 
in what they do. So we need to continually examine ourselves in the mirror of the, of the Word of God. Let me give you an example. Here, um, oh, it's been several months ago, several months ago now, maybe over a year, I, I don't know. I was, I was standing in front of the mirror in the bathroom one morning and, you know, trying to fix my hair, and I had something going on back here, you know, and, and it was kind of sticking up and, and you know, kind of foo-foo deal going on. And, you know, I was working on it and put water on it, and, you know, it, and nothing was working. So, you know, I stand here looking in the mirror, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to get this other mirror here that's kind of on a stand, you know, and I'm going to turn around and, I, and I'm going to hold it up here so I can see what's going on back there. And you know what? I couldn't believe what I saw. <laughs> there wasn't near as much hair back there as there used to be. <laughs> that was crazy. You know? I could, you know, what in the world is going on here? You know, but it had been a long time since I had examined that that part of my head. You know, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, earlier that summer that, you know, you know, this global warming might be something, because when I go outside without a cap on, it seems like the sun is a lot hotter than it used to be. You know, either the 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 sun is getting stronger or you know there's something going on with the atmosphere because I'm really getting hot back there but you know I had not examined myself and I didn't know what was going on back there well you know the same thing works concerning the word of God if if we if we don't look in the mirror of the word of God and and see ourselves in there and and see where we need to change ourselves to match up the person that we're looking at in the Word of God, then, then we can be in a place where we can get out of the protection of God. You know, just like the hair that used to be back here is not there anymore and it doesn't protect, you know, my, my skin. You know, I had some cranial letting loose going on back there, you know. And, you know, the same thing works with the, with the Word of God. You know, we, we need to examine ourselves and see where we need to, what we need to work on to remain under the protection of what Jesus paid for on the cross. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. All of these things that we've studied about the last five weeks, you know, forgiveness, salvation, relationship, abandonment, and distress has all been taken care of on the cross. Jesus didn't leave us in a place of unforgiveness. We can look at John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then in verse 17, it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, but 
might be saved. We're not in a place of unforgiveness, folks. You can't get so far away from God that he will not reach out with forgiveness. You just can't get there. God loves you too much. Jesus didn't leave us in a place where salvation was unattainable. In Romans 10, verse 8, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth, and it is in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess and are saved. Glory to God. I love reading that verse of Scripture. I, you know, I've been born again since I was 14 years old, you know, and I'm, how old am I? 66, you know now. But I still love that verse of Scripture. I like to go back and read it and just remind myself that that's who I am. You know what that's doing? That's looking into that mirror that we talked about over here in James and seeing who you are and reminding yourself that, yes, that's, that's who I am. You know, I, I like to say, you know, th- this verse of Scripture here that says, you declare Jesus is Lord, I like to say, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Make, make, it, make the Scriptures personal to you. You know, when you're, when you're looking into the mirror of the Word of God, you know, it's, it's not a Scripture for somebody else, although it, it applies to other people, but make it, make it apply to you. Jesus is my Lord. You know, I had the opportunity to, uh, to lead a person to Jesus here this, this past week. And, uh, you know, this verse of Scripture here is, is, is one that I used. And we, we sat there at my desk and, and we said, Jesus is my Lord. And I made that person say it several times until it clicked on the inside of them. That Jesus is my Lord. That he could see himself in the mirror of the word and see that Jesus was his Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I texted him the next day and, you know, shared a verse of scripture with him. And his reply was, Jesus is my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Awesome verse of scripture. Awesome verse of scripture. God provided a way on the cross for our salvation. He also provided a place to where our relationship was not damaged beyond repair. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, 
It says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation. I'm quoting King James here. But you are a chosen people, a royal nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, he still died for us. There is no way that we can commit enough righteousness to earn our salvation. Amen? Amen. We can't commit enough righteousness in our lives on our own to, to get to the place where we deserve salvation. But Jesus, while, he was, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He took our place. He, he bridged the gap. He bridged the gap. And now we have the opportunity to go to the Father as though we have never sinned. All we need to do is just receive it. Amen? And we were not left in a place of abandonment with no place to go. That's what we talked about last week. Pastor Kent talked about abandonment last week. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. In Psalms chapter 55 verse 16, it says, As for me, I call to God and he saves me. He saves me. You have not been abandoned. You know, we have not been abandoned because God is always looking for Jim. And he's not hard to find. He's easy to find. Let's look in Luke chapter 4. Nope. Luke chapter 23. Same book, different chapter. And this is a picture of what was happening the day that Jesus hung on the cross. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Verse 36, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offended, they offered him wine vinegar 
And he said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him. It was an LED sign flashing. This is the king of the Jews. Just king of the Jews, king of the Jews, king of the Jews. Look at this. This is who the king of the Jews is. This is who he really is. Verse 39, and then one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. It says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Now let's, let's, let's stop here for just, just a second and, and kind of get a picture of what's going on. Jesus has been beaten to a pulp. You know, he was, he was beaten by the, the religious leaders you know, the Pharisees and Sadducees and everybody, you know, in the church. He, he was beat and by the Roman, the Roman guard, the Roman soldiers. And, and he was just, you know, the, the word says that he was beat to the point where you couldn't tell even that he was a human anymore. Okay. And then we got these two thieves, one hanging on one side and one on the other. And, and we just got through reading here that, that the one guy, one thief, you know, started, you know, cussing him and hurling insults at him and said, you're the Messiah. Save yourself and us. You know, what, what's going on here? You're such a hot rod. Let, let's, let's, let's see some action here. But the other criminal rebuked him. He said, shut up, be quiet. Don't you fear God? He said, you know, and, and, and I'll kind of paraphrase this. He says, we're all in the same pickle here. You know, we're, we've all been sentenced to die. You know, we, we deserve it because we've done some bad stuff. You know, we're thieves and we're robbers. But this guy here, he doesn't deserve it because he's done nothing. And then that thief said this. Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. With the praise team, come forward. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, as, as I was studying for this, you know, this week, the, these last two verses of Scripture here just, you know, jumped out at me. Jesus said, remember me 
No, the, the thief said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus leaned over and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. You know, when we experience the distresses of life, you know, when we are under extreme anxiety, we don't have the answer to the problems that, that's facing us. You know, when we're in, in extreme pain, whether physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, if, if we're fighting a battle in, in, our, in our flesh, we've got something going on at, at, at work that we don't have the answer to, and we're going to have to have the answer to. If we've got something going on in our family, you know, maybe with a wife or a husband or, or mom or dad or, or, you know, the kids or grandkids, you can just, you know, name your situation. Whenever you're at that point, Jesus, remember me. You know, when we think we're, we're in a place where you know, there's no forgiveness for me, a place where it seems that Salvation is is unattainable. A place where the relationship, our relationship with God or our relationship with, with our family is unrepairable. You know, if our situation looks like we've been abandoned and we're here all by ourselves and and there's there's nothing that anybody can do Jesus said remember me or remember me and then he said today you'll be with me in paradise you know I looked up that word paradise and, and I just used the Strong's Concordance. I didn't go, you know, real deep into the to the meaning of it, but it simply means a happy place. Glory to God. You know, there's. I know that there's people out here this morning. Christina, can you just play something? I know that there's some people out here this morning that are needing to find a happy place. You're needing to find your happy place. If you're, if you're needing to... If you're needing to find a place of salvation, this is your happy place today. You know, if you're in a position where you don't think that God can forgive you. 
Or maybe it's a situation where you can't forgive somebody else or you can't forgive yourself. We need to look in the mirror of the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about that. Act on it and step into that happy place this morning. If you feel like you've been abandoned or you know there's a relationship that's beyond repair, we need to look into the Word of God and see what it says. Act on the Word of God and come into that happy place. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that Jesus wasn't so concerned about what it looked like. He wasn't so concerned about his self-image and what other people would think about him that he didn't go to the cross. You know, it didn't make any difference what anybody thought or, or the social pressures or anything like that. But he went for you and me so that we could be in a happy place. Now, that's not saying that there won't be challenges. There'll, there'll be challenges. But that's the reason we need to constantly go back to the Word of God and look at ourselves in that mirror and make whatever adjustments that we need to make. Amen? The invitation this morning is, you know, what tree are you hiding behind that is keeping you from coming into your happy place? As the praise and worship team here plays, yeah, I would invite you to, to come this morning, kneel at these altars. If you need salvation, you know, I'd lo- love to pray with you. But come to these altars and say, God, you know, I need to examine myself. I didn't know that I had a bald spot. You know, I didn't know that I had a chink in my armor in the protection that you've got around me. I didn't realize I was missing that. But Father, show me, you know, what I need to change and what I need to do.